Welcome to Living Jesus. My name is Chika Onyangzi, and thank you so much for joining in. Um, I believe we're going to have a wonderful time today in the presence of Jesus. Uh, so today's topic is titled, The Life of a Man Who Serves God. The Life of a Man Who Serves God. Hallelujah. And what we're trying to look at here is the fact that um, the man who serves God is treasured, treasured by God, I beg your pardon. That man is valuable to God. God preserves him. Hallelujah. The Lord watches over him day and night. The eyes of the Lord are upon that man. And this is because that man, the very day he gave his life to Christ, he became a kingdom asset. Hallelujah. And 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 it is through him that God exercises his will upon the face of the earth. Now that man is valuable to heaven. Praise God. And if God needs to move mountains, if the Lord needs to shift things just to preserve that man, God will do it. Hallelujah. If he needs to bypass men, Oh, Masitayanama, in their thousands, Egelatusa, in their thousands of thousands, just to get through to the need of that man, God will do it. If he needs to change policies, he will do it. Why? It is, he's an asset. He's no longer, uh, a, a, you know, a, a person who is just existing. He's become valuable. He's become he's become more precious than than gold and silver and the things that uh, worldly men celebrate. Hallelujah! Now let's quickly let's quickly look at the Word of God and what the Word of God, um, you know, the insight the Word of God gives us into this. Hallelujah! So I'll I'll take this scripture um, in Acts twenty seven verse I'll read from verse twenty two to thirty one. Now this is when Paul was being taken to Rome to appear before Caesar. Now, you know, the, the Lord had told him, the angel of the Lord had appeared to him while he was going through trials. The angel of the Lord had appeared to him and told him that he was going to appear, stand before Caesar. Hallelujah. And and we all know what this is. It's because the Lord will have him do that in order to spread the gospel, take the gospel even to that level. Hallelujah. And so this is him on that voyage to Rome. Amen. And there on the ship himself and other prisoners, soldiers and the centurion, you know, sent to bring these people to Rome. Hallelujah. But uh, there came a boisterous wind and um, they were uh, very much, you know, in the heart of sea, uh, afraid for their lives. And, um, you know, Paul had tried to advise them, give them counsel not to to depart, you know, from uh, I think Crete or so, and um, they, they didn't listen, you know, because everything looked good. But immediately they moved further, you know, uh, a little into, you know, into the ocean or uh, into the sea. Uh, this wind came, and all of a sudden things changed. And for many days there was no sun, there was no sunlight. It was just the wind, you know, slapping all over the ship and all of that. And here is Paul. The angel of the Lord appears unto him. Let's read it so that um, you can hear it from the Bible, not from my mouth. I read from verse 20. It says, And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. 21. But after long distance, after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this 
and to have gained the sum and loss. Hallelujah. Because they moved, they, they had they had gone through through you know uh, some level of suffering. No, a great level. Let me not say some great level because there was harm uh, and there was a loss of property. Hallelujah. So Paul was reminding them that you should have listened to what I said. Hallelujah. And um, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life. Remember, they had given up hope. Hallelujah. Now, Paul, this is Paul giving them hope and says, There shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Hallelujah. There's always a consequence for disobedience. Hallelujah. So, um, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life um, among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night. Now he explains how he came about this information. There stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Hallelujah. Saying, Fear not, Paul, for thou... Uh, must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God had given thee all all them that sh- that sail with thee. Wherefore, says, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it, as it was told me. Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. Hallelujah. Now let me jump to verse twenty-nine. Then, fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rocks. They cast four anchors out of the stern and, and, okay, let me continue from verse 27 so that we can have understanding of what we're reading. 27, but when the 14th night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adria, about midnight the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country and sounded and found it 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little farther, they sounded again and found it 15 fathoms. Then, fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and and wished for the day. 30. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea, under color, as though they would have cast anchors out of the the foreship, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, Except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. Hallelujah. Now, Paul was assured by the angel of God that he will get to stand before Caesar. And that meant nothing could kill him before that was accomplished. Hallelujah. He, he, he you know, he had been given an information that nobody had and it was from God. Hallelujah. So he could bank on that information. Now, in fact, it, it wasn't even, um, it, it was because of Paul's relationship with God. Because if you read further down, you will find out that um, he had been promised that 276, as including him, so 275 people aboard the ship were promised safety of life, you know, to Paul by God because of the relationship Paul has with God. Hallelujah. Now, that's something he tried explaining to them to assure them that no harm will come to them except the ship. This happened exactly as the angel of the Lord had told Paul. Amen. So every single thing the angel of the Lord had explained to Paul, no harm will come to you. No harm will come to the people who are on on this ship because of you except the ship. Bible lets us know that exactly as the angel of the Lord has spoken, if you read further down, that was exactly how it happened. 
Notice how God made the safety of everyone there around Paul. Hallelujah. Made the safety of them, uh, you know, made it around Paul. Paul became like the, the reason why everyone on that ship was going to be kept safe. Hallelujah. His counsel mattered. And when they ignored it, they suffered harm. Hallelujah. And of course, they also suffered loss. Now, that's typical of a situation where people ignore or disobey the word of God. It results to suffering. Nothing else. Hallelujah. Now, the sailors had planned to escape on, a, on lifeboats. And Paul had to let the centurion and the soldiers and tell them that if for any reason the sailors left the ship, they would die. But if you read it carefully, what his words were that ye cannot be saved. Hallelujah. He didn't say we will not be saved if, this, if the sailors were to leave the ship with the boat. Because the sailors who are known as the shipmen, they wanted to leave. They had thrown down the anchor and they threw down the lifeboat and they wanted to leave. Now, Paul had to alert the centurion and the soldiers and told them, look, if these men were to leave the ship, if they get off the ship, then you will all die. Hallelujah. NLT translation says, you will all die. Now, ask yourself the question, where did Paul put himself? That man was guaranteed safety. So, what he was helping them secure wasn't his own life. You see, as far as he was concerned, God had guaranteed him that you will stand before Caesar. The people whose lives were not guaranteed were the others, other ones in the boat who knew nothing. Hallelujah. Who had no inkling what was happening even in the spirit realm. And so Paul came, being the main one whom the Lord was showing mercy to everyone on that boat. The reason why God was showing mercy to everyone on that on that ship came and told them and said, If you allow the, these sailors, the shipmen, to get off this boat, or to get off this ship through lifeboats, it says you will all die. You see, there's a guarantee you have. As a man who constantly stands before the presence of the Most High. You see, you are assured of life. You are assured of being taken care of. When everybody's running up and down, you're not afraid. You see, because you know what sustains you is, is not of the visible realm. What, what takes care of you is, the, is, is something from the invisible realm. Hallelujah. So when men are afraid, they're, they're talking all the way from fear. You're not moved. And everyone is looking at you and wondering why you're not, why is it that you don't understand what is, yes, you understand. It's just that there's a level of information you have that they don't have. Now, you are a kingdom asset and God ensures that this one is, is like a wealthy man's asset. He, when a wealthy, wealthy man has an asset, he guards it. He guards it jealously. He guards it with all he has. There are things he can afford to let go. Those things are not assets. But I'm telling you that once you walk into the kingdom of God, you become a kingdom asset. God will fight for you. Hallelujah. So Paul was guaranteed safety of life. At that point, whether the ship was going upside down, he knew Rome, he was going to get to Rome. It was a promise. God's words are promises. It was a promise that he had. 
Hallelujah. And that, and, and that man full of the Holy Ghost understood that God cannot fail him. So what he was looking out for was the life of the other people there. And said, if you know what's good for you, don't let this man. Because for me, I'm guaranteed safety. Hallelujah. So there's a value that is placed on the man who is sold out to God. His life is of immense value to God. His relationship with God is treasurable. And men can, can you know, be sustained by that relationship. You can be the reason why God shows several people mercy. Not because those people are living right before his sight. Not because those people, you know, have done the right thing, but because there's a man. There's a man who knows how to call upon the name of the Lord. There's a man who lives righteously. There's a man who rules in righteousness. There's a man who, who knows how to commune with the unseen God. There's a man who's constantly full of the Holy Ghost and of power. There's a man who knows how to dissect the scriptures, who, who has an understanding of who God is. If you have that man anywhere in a family, he becomes like the priest. He becomes the reason why an entire family is kept safe. You have that man over a nation. And that man is able to stand in the gap for an entire nation. The Bible says that God sought for a man who will build the hedge and stand in the gap. So that he will not destroy a nation. And Bible says he couldn't find any. Now, you know, that means if God were to find even one, then it means that nation will not be destroyed. Hallelujah. Abraham's servant was going to go and look for uh, um, a wife for Isaac. Abraham had sent him. And the man wondered, you know, like, how do I get this thing done? And Abraham said, look, go to my people. Hallelujah. Don't take wife from here for my for my son. Go to my people and ensure that you get a wife for him from my own kindred. And Abraham told him, he says, don't worry. The angel of the Lord will go before you. Oh, what an assurance. That man knew who, who he served. Paul says, I know whose I am and who I serve. It's an understanding. You know, it, it lets you know the kind of relationship these people have. And that's why God will move mountains for them. They have a guarantee. They, they know they can't die like men, men. They need things and they call upon the name of the Lord. They know God will show up. Whichever way the Lord must show up. <laughs> and, and, and the servant went and went to look for a wife. And the Bible lets us know that he found. He didn't just find a wife on that land. But he found one from the same family. God didn't need to take him far. In fact, the man was so amazed that the Bible says by the time everything corresponded, the man began to worship God. Oh, 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 now, this is, this is because one man, Abraham, hallelujah, had a great relationship with God. So the servant leveraged on that relationship of his master. Or was it when, when uh, the, the angels of God came to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and, and, and Abraham has spoken to, to the three uh, men who came to, to visit his area and he, and he says, will you, will, you, will you wipe out an entire nation even if there are, are ten men, ten righteous men left and God said, I will not wipe it out. And so the, these angels went to Sodom and Gomorrah and the Bible says by the time they got there and then uh, the next day and they were telling Lot, you say, take your, take your, take your wife, take your, your daughters, look, move. And while Lot was busy delaying, the Bible says these men took Lot by the hand, took the wife by the hand, took the two, two daughters by the hand and led them out of, out of the city. The Bible says they showed them mercy. 
the men showed showed Lot and his family. He said, he said they, it was it was because it was an act of mercy that they took. They couldn't they couldn't have left him there, wondering, look, if this man is not serious, we might as well just do what we need to do because we came here to run an errand. But you see, the the one there is a man who stood before God and pleaded the case of another man. As a righteous man who stood before God and pleaded the case of another man, and God heard. So no matter what Lot was doing, look, there was already an agreement that he didn't need need his input. It was done behind him. O Kamaso Seprataya. And and the Bible says, when the Lord had consumed Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham came out from, from where he was, stood and looked up and saw the smoke rise to heaven. Ah, Kelabo said, I know some people would have been worried that, oh God, did it happen? Did it not happen? Was is my is is my is my nephew saved? But no, I'm sure that's not Abraham. Hallelujah, that's the father of faith. He looked at that, that's what can he and he knew that God cannot fail him. Bible says that when 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 he was going to sacrifice his son, he said he knew that even if he had sacrificed his son, God was able to raise another son for him. And so when he saw the smoke there, he knew, I'm sure he knew because we know who Abraham is. I'm sure he knew that God will not fail him. No matter, even if Lord has to rise up back from that fire, the Lord will keep him because the Lord had given him his word. And the Bible says that all when all that happened, says, and God remembered Abraham. For the sake of Abraham, Lot was saved. How about when Jesus, Jesus stood with his disciples and, and Peter was there. And Jesus said, oh, Katayama, Peter, 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 the devil desires to save you as weak. He says, but, oh, Kalane Sataya, I prayed for you. That means Peter could have fallen, but Jesus, Jesus interceded for Peter. So that the devil will not have him cheap. Leveraging on the relationship of a man who serves the Lord. A righteous man. Moses stood for, for, for the people of Israel. Stood on their, on, 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 you know, stood before God and said, Are you going to wipe out these people that you spent so much bringing out from the land of Egypt? What would the heathens say? They will say you brought them out so you could wipe them out. And God hearkened to the words of Moses. The life of a man who is righteous. You are, you are guaranteed. There are things that you ought not to fret about. It's a guarantee. You are an asset to God. It's a guarantee. You can't die like men, men. You can't die like a chicken. You're guaranteed life. You're guaranteed preservation. And it's not just you. Because of you, those around you are guaranteed the same thing. The Lord shows the mercy, unusual mercy, because of you. So I ask you the question today, what are you doing with what you have? Perhaps your eyes have never been opened to this. That you are the reason why an entire neighborhood is kept safe. You're the reason why an entire entire lineage is sustained. You're the reason why a family is, is shown mercy. Just because you come from there. You're the reason why an entire nation is not going to war. Because you exist on that land. Because, because a righteous man exists upon that land. Because there's a man who knows the God who he belongs to. The one he calls father. The one he calls daddy. The one he has a relationship with. Hallelujah. The one he knows will move heaven and earth for him. Oh, Selabana, what are you doing with that relationship? What are you doing? How are you, how are you letting men lean on that, leverage on that? What are you doing with it? 
What are you doing? Is it wasted? Because for every day you rise, you could have used it for something. What are you doing with it? Hallelujah. Oh, we're taking so much time today. Holy Ghost, thank you for your word today. I ask that you, you open up this word. Expound it to your people. Let them see. See deep into your word. And Lord Jesus, teach them. Teach them how to leverage or use the relationship they have with you to help others. And cause them to grow deeper in you. That they will lift up their voices on behalf of other people. Lift up their voices on behalf of the sick. Lift up their voices on behalf of the depressed. Lift up their voices on behalf of the lost. And you will hear them. You will not even look at the faith of these other people. Because indeed they, they don't even know what it is to have faith. But you will look upon the faith of a righteous man. And you will heal them. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your word today. Thank you because it has gone forth and it has gone forth with power. The Holy Ghost is the one that brings the conviction. And so I thank you for bringing conviction upon the hearts of men today by this word. Thank you, Father, because your word travels far and it travels far beyond the hearts of men. Thank you, Jesus. It is yielding fruit in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you some other time. Bye.